Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. And to fear the Lord is to fear doing anything. That's why, as we're going to read later on in the Proverbs, to fear the Lord is to hate evil, is to hate the things that God hates. When you fear the Lord, you, you fear doing anything that would be displeasing to Him. When you love the Lord, you want to do everything and anything that you know will be pleasing to Him because you love Him. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. What does it mean to fear the Lord? As you listen to today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches you that to fear the Lord means to fear doing anything that would be displeasing to God. To fear the Lord is to hate what God hates. When you fear God, you love Him and work hard to do what honors and glorifies Him. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Proverbs chapter 1. I have to confess, and I spent some time today in prayer, more so than usual. I almost found myself a little bit conflicted, almost intimidated by this book. And I'll explain why. I mean, it's probably one of the most powerful books in God's Word. It's had one of the most powerful impacts on my life. I, I remember early on as a young Christian being told that there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and most months, I don't know about most months, but usually we have 31 days in a month. So take one chapter each day of the month, and then on the shorter months, you just do the, you know, last couple, three chapters. But to this day, and this is what we did with our kids growing up, we would, on the first of the month, we would do Proverbs 1. The second of the month, we'd do Proverbs 2. If it was the 14th, we would do Proverbs 14. So my son Levi comes home from college, and we get into the Word, and I forget the exact date. He said, uh, I guess it's Proverbs, whatever chapter it was, because that was the day on the calendar. And I just, that's my boy. And so he went through that chapter that corresponded with that day of the month. So Proverbs has, of course, been a great book for many a saint over the generations. So I approached this and the starting of the teaching through this amazing book with a prayer request of, Lord, how do I teach this book? Because there are some that actually teach through the Proverbs topically, meaning that they go through the entire book, because there are many, well really every possible topic is addressed within the book. It's a book of wisdom, of course, as we're going to see written by Solomon. But some of them will take the book and they'll arrange it topically. So I thought, well, wow, that's, you know, that would be great. And then the Lord just kind of impressed upon my heart that I was to teach it simply, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So 
that's what we're going to do. Now I'm going to say one last thing and then we'll jump in. I'm not in any hurry. Just like with the book of Psalms, I don't want to rush through the book of Proverbs. We'll see how it goes. We may do a chapter a week. We may do less. We may do more. Let's just, as the Spirit leads. But I do want to say that we're in for a real treat in this study through the book of Proverbs. So let's get started. Verse 1, we're told that these are the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple. Some of your translations might render it simple. Think of this word as the naive. The naive is to give prudence to the naive. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. And wouldn't you agree that the young people need knowledge and discretion? A wise man, verse 5, will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. And then verse 7, and I want to spend just a little bit of time on verse 7, because it's going to be a recurring theme throughout the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hang on to that. We'll come back to that. The first six, we can say seven verses, are a preface of sorts in the sense that they sort of summarize. It's a a summary judgment of the purpose of this book being written, and being written by the wisest man who ever lived. Now for those of you who were with us when we were in First Samuel and also First Kings, you know how this came about, right? Here Samuel has now just been the king, the son of David, and now he is king of Israel. And God appears to him and says to him, what would you have me to do for you? You can have anything you want. You just ask me what you want, and I will give it to you. And what does Solomon ask for? He basically says this, I don't know what I'm doing. By the way, that's a really good way to start a prayer. Lord, I don't know what to do. Oh, you don't, do you? Well, I do. (laughs) That's why I'm coming to you, Lord. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know how to walk up to the throne that I am to sit in as king. I need wisdom to lead your people. You know what God's response was? Wow. I didn't say wow, but in effect it was this. Because you did not ask for riches, and very interesting detail in the narrative, Because you did not ask for me to take revenge against your enemies. Oh, 
I, I never thought of that. Actually, my flesh is fully capable of thinking about that. Because you didn't ask me for any of those things, because you asked me for wisdom, not only am I going to make you wiser than anyone before you or anyone after you, but I'm also going to give you riches. You didn't ask for it, but I'm also going to make you the richest man as well. And Solomon, because of that, would become so wealthy, so wise, People from all over the world would travel great distances just to see for themselves this wealthy, wise king who sadly, when we get to the book of Ecclesiastes, took none of his own advice. It's really a, a paradox, and I don't want to get into that so much tonight, but he in the end paid a heavy price for his folly and his sin and his rebellion against God. And the conclusion of the matter, when you get to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, which is all about, here, here I've built all of these things, I've had all of this wealth, I've had everything my heart desired, I've had all of this wisdom, and in the end, you know what, only, the only thing that matters? None of that matters. The only thing that matters is to fear God and keep His commandments. That's the conclusion of the matter. Now we're going to have to go through 31 chapters in Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes to get to that conclusion. But so that was kind of like a spoiler alert, I guess you might say. But the purpose of this book is that of attaining wisdom, understanding, and discernment concerning how it is that we're to live our lives in this world. You know, uh, when I was a, a young believer, this is on the mainland many years ago, bef before I was in the ministry, I, I was in the business world, and the book of Proverbs was actually the best business book ever written. And I actually would teach it was a course by Larry Burkett, who's now with the Lord, called Business by the Book, and it was based on the book of Proverbs. And I, I remember days early on in my Christian walk when I would, in the morning, I would be in the Proverbs, whatever day it was of the week, and without exception, there was something in that chapter in the book of Proverbs that the Lord knew I was going to need for a transaction that I had later on that day, or a meeting, or an appointment, very important appointment that I had later on that day. And it was perfect. Boy, I tell you, it, it saved me so many times, the wisdom of the Proverbs. Now the, there's an important distinction that has to be made. And if you miss this, much of our study through the book of Proverbs is going to be sort of discombobulated. And I'll explain why I say it that way. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. When I say this, you're going to think of somebody, but doubtless you know somebody that is very knowledgeable, but they're not very wise. In fact, they're very knowledgeable, but they're very foolish. 
Knowledge is the accumulation of information. But wisdom is the application of that information. So knowledge says, don't go faster now that the light's turned yellow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess again. I, I don't know wh- why, but, and, and I know it's, it's deliberate, because you know, I think GPS tracks me, and I know this sounds like conspiracy theory, but as soon as I get close in proximity to that stoplight, that bugger turns yellow. I don't care how long it's been green, that thing goes yellow. It sees me coming. It's a test. I know it is. And so I have a decision to make now. Now here's what knowledge says, slow down and stop. That's knowledge, because the light's yellow. Now am I going to be wise or foolish? So foolishness says, hurry up, get through, and hope there's not a police officer. Paula's here tonight. Where's Paula? She's back there. Hi Paula. This is all theoretical. I don't, uh, you know. So now just hope that, you know, first of all, hope that somebody's not, you know, <laughs> going through the intersection when I'm doing that. Hope there's not a police officer there to, oh, Artie's here tonight too. Hi Artie, how you doing? Again, very theoretical. You've had this conversation before. And so wisdom is the application of that information. See, that's knowledge. Knowledge is the information. Wisdom is the application, where you apply the information and the knowledge. That's why there's those companion gifts, and I don't want to, again, get off on the gifts of the Spirit, but there's the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the word of wisdom. And they are companion gifts. They go hand in hand. So someone might have a word of knowledge. Now what you do with that is the word of wisdom. What you're going to do, the application of that information. So when we go through this study, there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of discernment. There's a lot of attaining of wisdom, which again is the application of the information. Verse 8. We turn a corner now. My son, this is a father, Solomon, speaking to his son. Hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, verse 11, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast your lot in among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, verse 15, 
Do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. That We're going to see that theme again, and we'll talk more about that when we come to Proverbs later on concerning that. I wanted to mention before I forgot, I I didn't mention that we would come back to it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know what it means to fear the Lord? I mean, I'm sure you've heard it said that to fear the Lord is to have a deep reverence and awe of the Lord, and certainly that is true. Here's what the fear of the Lord is not. It's not being afraid of Him where you're running from Him. No, that's not the fear of the Lord. One of the greatest revelations for me concerning the fear of the Lord was when I realized that it's this fear that I would do anything that would grieve the heart of the Lord. You know that we have the potential to grieve God's heart. And to fear the Lord is to fear doing anything. That's why, as we're going to read later on in the Proverbs, to fear the Lord is to hate evil, is to hate the things that God hates. When you fear the Lord, you you fear doing anything that would be displeasing to Him. When you love the Lord, you want to do everything and anything that you know will be pleasing to Him, because you love Him. But I think about the, the marriage relationship. You know, this year my wife and I will have been married for 31 years, and we are more in love now than we were when we first met. And I have to tell you that my love for her is such that I never want to do anything that would ever hurt her or be displeasing to her in any way. And I cannot be out of fellowship with my wife for longer than like 45 seconds now. So I mean, you know, if I'm busy and I, of course, I have my study, my office is in the house where I'm study and, and, you know, work. I have an office here too, but so she'll come upstairs and she'll need something. And I'm right in the middle of a thought, deeply profound thought, you know, being this godly spiritual man that I am. And she'll come in and she'll ask me something like, you know, hey, can you take the rubbish out? Can't you see I'm preparing to teach the Word of God? And she gives me that look that only a wife can. And I, and I just think, oh no, I'm sorry. She, so she walks back downstairs. About 30, 40, 45 seconds later, I'm walking back downstairs. I'm sorry, honey. I take the rubbish. I take it out. Not grudgingly. Come back in, put the liner back in, because she always wants me to do that too. And then I even take it a step further. Is there anything else I can do? And then I'm down there for the next 30 minutes doing the dishes and uh, everything else too. (laughs) 
but I don't want to do anything that would grieve her or hurt her. Just the idea that that I would do anything to grieve her is just, that's how it is with our relationship with the Lord. When we love the Lord, we don't want to do anything. And it's this, this holy fear, if I can say it that way, of doing anything that would in any way be displeasing or grievous to the heart of God. Verse 20, again, we turn another corner in this section. This is interesting. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my Spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because, verse 24, I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel. That's a pretty strong word. I mean, you, you didn't just reject it. <laughs> you had a disdain for it, a disgust towards it. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I, and this might jam some gears, crash some hard drives, <laughs> I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me. But I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me why? Sounds kind of unfair, doesn't it? I mean, at first three, that's like, well, wait a minute. You're laughing at them? And now they're, they're calling on you, and you're, you're going to not answer? They're, they're seeking you wisdom, but now they're not going to find you? Why? Oh, here's why. Because, verse 29, they hated knowledge. And this is important did not choose the fear of the Lord. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. 
This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Tell me, tell me true, true.